It's a great day to be alive. Can someone shout amen? Amen. I tell you, it's a great day to be alive. You know, just what Brian was, Brian was saying in regards to church and, and um, the kingdom and really <clears throat> understanding, you know, the kingdom and, and the church and what it's about is something that is lifelong. It's not something you just try to figure out, you know, a little here and a little there. It's something that's a lifelong search. For over 38 years, I've been researching and studying and understanding the church and the purpose of the church. And if you don't, if you don't understand it, if it's not revealed to you, you'll miss it. Just like what Brian was saying. This is, these are reasons why you stay connected to church and to the Word and the life that's in the Word of God. Amen? Um, and um, next Sunday I've got a new series that's going to go through the month of July and maybe, maybe the first Sunday in, in August. Um, and I was going to start today, but uh, I feel like I need to talk about um, certain issues and situations that are happening in our country as of late, and I, 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 don't, I don't do that very often, and uh, some people say that, you know, you can't use the pulpit um, to talk politics, and, uh, you know, in one sense, I don't really care, you know, in, in one sense. And I mean, it's not, it's not a law that you can't talk politics, but they try to make it a law that you can't talk politics. But I've, I've pastored here for over 26 years, and we never talk politics, ever. If all you did is talk politics, you'd talk no word. And the entrance of God's word is what brings light and life. You need the Word of God, and you need the truth of the Word. You don't need to hear all about politics and what this person thinks and that person thinks. And I mean, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what any of us think. What matters is what God says. Amen? I mean, ultimately, that's what matters. But, um, you know, when... Um, when certain things in, in, in the public come out when certain issues arise, if you think about it, that, that, that shouldn't change what you believe. It may, it may challenge you about what you believe, but it shouldn't change what you believe. If you're a believer in God and there are certain public issues that come to the forefront, um, I'm, a, I'm just a believer in the, in the Bible, in the Word. And the Bible is very clear about 
two things. In this dispensation of time in the church age, the Bible's clear about two things. Love God and love people. Right? Love God and love people. What is that? That was, that was the great, what? Command of Jesus. He, it was His great command. There were ten commandments. He said they're all swallowed up in loving God and loving people. He said in these two commandments hang everything else. Everything else balances on loving God and loving people. And number two is the great commission. It was to do what? Go and make disciples. Right? So we're called to love God and people and we're called to make disciples. So What's a disciple? What does a disciple look like? Well, I would say that probably the majority of people that have ever heard anything church-wise or taught about the Bible, if just the word just in random is thrown out there about a disciple, what's a disciple? Well, you'd think of like the, the 12 disciples of Jesus. That's what you'd think is a disciple. You know, guys in long robes and wear sandals and turbans on their head or I don't know, whatever they wore, you know. And so you'd think of a disciple that looks something like that. That's a disciple. But a disciple is someone that emulates and imitates the head. Whoever is the head of something. And uh, in, in my growing up days, I was discipled by a lot of different people, and they had nothing to do with Christianity. I was discipled by Clint Eastwood, or Dirty Harry, or, yeah, Peter Frampton. I was discipled by Peter Frampton. In fact, my, my hair, I felt like I, I had perms put in my hair when I was 16, 17 because I want to look like Peter Frampton. Anybody seen Peter Frampton today? Looks like Lee Dunning. No, no, but I'm just saying, he had long flowing hair, and that today he has the same flowing hair that Lee Dunning has. But I was discipled by these guys. I was discipled. You know, early on by basketball players, because I was a basketball player, and so I was discipled by certain basketball players. And, uh, you know, there's certain slogans in that discipleship. I want to be like this. You know, as time went on, I want to be like Mike, like Michael Jordan. I want to be like him. I want to be like the king, like LeBron. I want to be like this person or that person. And so discipleship is emulating and imitating the head, the person that you're going after. And so we've been called, we've been called in life, you have, I have, we've been called to emulate and imitate and follow after and live a life like Jesus. And then we are called 
to live that life and bring other people along with us to allow our lives to look like him so that other people will flow with him and um, so when situations arise or questions are asked or things happen in our nation in our country people have big questions and what happens is certain issues become bigger than they appear to be bigger than an answer from God because everybody focuses on the issues and that issue gets so blown out of proportion it's like there's no answer for the issue so we're gonna do it my way I'm gonna do it my way you're gonna do it your way everybody on planet earth is gonna do it their way everybody going in like a hundred different thousand different directions and we're gonna do it our way and we're gonna try to get as many followers doing it our way well the church has even done it you know the church of Jesus Christ is has gotten off the Great Commission and the Great Commandment and not spent their time making sure what it looks like to imitate and be like Jesus so that we bring other people along and so if we really don't know what that looks like and we've really never been loved ourselves and we got all kinds of issues and stuff on the inside we're not gonna love people with the love of God if we're not loved by God greatest revelation that you can ever get in your life is that God loves you no matter what you've ever done what no matter things that you do in your life I don't care what it is God loves you just like you are but he loves you so much he doesn't want you to stay that way and that's why he gave you this right and in the pages of this book right here is what for over 38 years I've built my life on right here and I'm telling you it's been it's been a journey and it's been at times a difficult journey because how many people know that when you believe something and you stand for something and you really know that it's right on the inside you're gonna be challenged for that I don't care who you are you know what people are really looking for in, in in this nation and around the world you know what people are really looking for somebody that really believes in what they're doing you know you know why there's such a strong following with Isis and different terrorist type groups because they believe in what they're doing they believe that blowing up certain kinds of people and killing certain people for certain reasons they really believe that their God is pleased with them in doing that they really believe it and people will join them and be a part of them because they like the fact that they really believe it you know how it's been in the church in Christianity is we'll believe certain things for a while but then when something gets real tough and buttons get pushed and there gets to be a little pressure and this kind of thing well you know I, you know, I don't really believe that and that's why a lot of people don't like Christianity because Christians don't know what they believe and they don't stick with it and they're tossed to and fro by every little thing that comes along 
I'm just going to believe the Word. And first and foremost, first and foremost, I'm going to love God and people, and I'm going to make disciples before anything else. After that, I'm going to obey the Word. After that, I'm going to stay connected to what the Word of God says. And uh, a couple of days ago in, in this nation, our Supreme Court told us what we're going to believe. They told us. Um, when I was 10 years old, I had a family member of mine that, um, and I'm, today I'm just going to talk just real straight, I mean, and I'm, I'm not talking anything other than what I've always believed. I'm not telling, I'm not trying to prove some point that I believe, I'm just telling you what I believe. When I was 10 years old, someone in my family uh, chose to live a homosexual lifestyle. And in my family, it was a shock. And uh, as time went on and I got older and um, my parents separated then divorced and my dad remarried and as we, as we reconnected there were other, there were, there were more additions to the homosexual lifestyle from other family members. And, um, and so I've lived a part, a part of family that came from traditional ways of thinking of heterosexual relationships and marriages. One man and one woman is a marriage. And had to, through the years, deal with, okay, number one, first and foremost, you love God and you love people. First. You love God and you love people. I don't, I don't care if a person is, chooses a homosexual lifestyle. I don't, I don't, I don't care what color that their skin is. I don't care what their beliefs are. I don't care if they're Muslim or anything. I, it, it, it doesn't matter. You love God and you love people no matter what people are. No matter what they do, what they choose in life, you just love people. I've always been that way. Always. You love God, you love people, you accept people like they are. And God loves people because, see, what I'm telling you is that I believe this book, okay? I believe that this is the standard for my life. I'm just talking about myself, my wife and I, my family. This, or, well, I'm talking about my wife and I. My daughters choose what they believe. They all say they believe the word, so I take them at their word. Okay? But I'm telling you, I believe this book. And more than a dozen, probably more than... 20, probably more than 30 or 40 different times in the last 38 years of my life, I've come in contact with people that live different you know, alternative type lifestyles than what I live. I've come into many connections with people and I have friends that live alternate lifestyles than, than what I live, different than what I live. I have friends that are that way that I'm close to, that live those type of relationships. And it doesn't change the way I look at them. 
doesn't change anything about them or how I interact with them because they do something a different than what I do. Now, I didn't say I agree with it, but who in the world agrees with everything anybody does? Come on, we just got to be honest about this stuff. This isn't bigger than God. We've got to love God and we've got to love people and we've got to make disciples after the Word of God. I can't tell you how many times through the years people have come into my presence, people I've developed relationships with that have different type of lifestyles, but in all of those situations... Every single one of the alternate lifestyles, there wasn't peace. And I've dealt personally with that many, but I've been around hundreds of them. And the one thing that I find is that there's not peace. Now, that's just my observation. Everybody say that's his observation, okay? I didn't say that's everybody else's, that's just mine. There's not peace. And so, I've been in many, 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 even to this day, in ministry opportunities. And when I call them ministry opportunities, because they came to me. See, I didn't go to them and say, well, you need to change what you're doing. Well, why? Why would, I, why would I put some kind of pressure or something on someone that has no ability to make change? If they don't think they need to make change, who am I to tell them they do? But when they come to me, see, when they come to me, I can't, when they come to me and they ask me and they want my help and they want to hear from me, I have to give them what this says. I can't back away from it. See, but that doesn't change the fact that I love God and I love people, see? And I'm here to make disciples of people. It doesn't change that, that fact that I'm going to speak the truth to somebody that really may not want to hear it. And my answer is, why didn't you ask me? I'm not changing this. I believe this. And I'm not changing. So... I just, want, I just want to address this marriage thing. How many know that there was a marriage thing that came out? Anybody not know that? Okay. There was a marriage thing that came out a couple of days ago. About people of the same sex marrying in America, in every state. So, it's a dark and a gloomy day. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what. Listen, what other people do what other people choose to do should not affect your life. And whatever God tells you to stand for, stand for it. 
Okay? Whatever he tells you to stand for, stand for that. But don't just jump on the back of somebody that's got some issue and and can't really work that issue out and hasn't first learned how to love people the way God loves them. They never work that out. See, you always screw things up when you don't work through the love of God. I didn't just say any kind of love. There's a bunch of hashtags out there about love this, love that, whatever. I'm talking about the God kind of love. See? And in the love of God, there's no compromise. And we just have to be confident so that we don't let issues affect us. And I'm telling you, it is not a dark and gloomy day for America. And if you contemplated moving out of the country because of some court decision... Get over it. I promise you, some other country is not going to be better. Some other country and hiding in a cave somewhere is not going to be the answer. God's given us authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt us or harm us. Nothing. And God has, in, has trained us and built in us to be leaders... And to disciple people after this, not after your unrenewed, you know, issue that you're going to rise up and make everybody in the planet mad about and, and use the F-bomb every other word on social media and call yourself a Christian. Come on. What the heck? What's wrong with people? I want to slap the Christians. My gosh. Huh? We're to be the examples. We've got to be confident in who we believe in, right? And whatever God releases you and commissions you to do, do it. But realize it's got to funnel through and filter through the love of God before you do anything. But... but I'm, I'm just putting this out that this is what I believe because I believe what the Word of God says, okay? So, I'm just giving you these few verses of Scripture, and, and I just want to make a point that I think that God wants made today. I, I really believe He wants this point made. Um, and and, and I, I'm going to do this real quick. Matthew 19 and verse 5. This is Jesus. And he said, For this, me, this reason shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 29. Well, verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. 
For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bone. For this reason, a man, and that man there is a male man. Not, not a postal guy, <laughs> but a, a male man. Shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his female man. Right? Or man with the womb. That's what that word wife is, man with the womb. And the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32. This is a great mystery. But I speak, he said, Paul said, I speak concerning Christ and the church. This passage that has always been hammered about husband-wife relationship, which it's an example of roles in, in marriage, this is talking about the mystery of Christ and the church. Look at Revelation 19 and verse 7. And I'm just, I'm just giving you these few verses of Scripture just to make a point about what the Bible says. Okay? I can't do anything today. I can't change anything or do anything today about what our nation and what the Supreme Court of the United States decided for me that we as a nation believe where marriage is concerned. I can't change that. I mean, we can pray or do, people can do things if they, they want to make the change. But that doesn't change what the Bible tells me, right? Now, I wouldn't be even talking about this today had it not become an issue, Okay? And people asking questions, what do you do, and how do you handle this? I'm just telling you, as the under-shepherd of this body, that we love God and we love people, but we're not backing down from what the Bible teaches. Okay? And if that doesn't change the way I view anybody with any type of lifestyle that they have. I still view them the way I did before this decision in the Supreme Court because the decision was already laid right here. Plain and simple. It's like anything else. And Revelation 19.7 says, and just remember what we read in, in, uh, in Ephesians 5. Verse 7 says, Revelation 19, Let us be glad and rejoice and give, give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Now, the mystery is Christ and the church. And what that mystery leads to is him and her. The Bible talking about the mystery of husband and wife is really the mystery of Christ and the church. And that mystery is him. Christ isn't a female. He's a him. And the church, we're a her. And if you ever want to learn about marriage... It has to be with a him and a her. Because him, God, and her, the church, 
or the way God made it. So, today, I'm just telling you that this is about all that you're going to hear from me on this issue. Because, to me, it's a non-issue. And what it is, is something that's trying to get people to get so focused on a non-issue that they forget what they're here for. And I choose to not allow that to happen. I'm here to allow the God in me and the God that has so loved me in all my crap and stuff in my life and has delivered me and continues to deliver me, I'm going to continue to walk that out and disciple other people and love them along the way. Because, listen, to whom, to, whom, to the person that's been forgiven, <laughs> he forgives much. To the person that's been liberated and free, he's able to give that mercy and that grace to other people in the fact that other people may think differently or do differently or whatever. But we're still going to live this and let people see the light and the gospel of Jesus on us. And when they see it on us, what happens? Things change in their life. Anything that needs to change in you or me or anybody else on the planet, it's only going to come through the person of the Holy Spirit. You can't change people. You cannot change people. You can force them. You can put them in prison. You can make them do something. You can make a law and say it's going to be this way. But there's re they're really not changing within. And the gospel is about changing in here so the things in the natural that change, they change because that's what's pleasing to God. Because they want to please God. And that's a settled issue. It's settled. So, I'm ending this word today with two passages of Scripture. One in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. And the other in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Romans 1 and 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. That word salvation there is completeness. The Word of God is the power for a person to be made whole and complete every day in their life. For salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, that means everybody. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. The just shall live by faith. Who are you? I'm the just. And I want other people to understand that they're the just. They're the righteous. They are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, 
and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you in Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So in that righteousness, in that just, that justness that the blood of Jesus has established us in, in that justness, we're made ministers of reconciliation, bringing people in their thinking to a place where they're pleasing to God. See, to a place where they want to do what God wants in their life. That, that, that's where the whole change is. The change isn't in our actions. The change is in our thinking that, that changes our heart, that changes our actions. Then any change that you make, it's not because of what someone else has forced you to do. You've done it because of the change in here. See, And what you have to decide, what a person has to decide is, is that this is going to be final authority in their life right here. And if you don't make this final authority, you can talk all day long. Nobody's going to change. They won't change. Yeah. So, so just love that. That's why we just love people. <laughs> that's why you just love people. Man, you get off and acting all super spiritual and like you know all this stuff and you're better than them and all. I mean, man, you're gonna run people off. Man, they put their track shoes on and run every time they see you. Oh my gosh, get away from that guy. Right? Nobody wants that. But it doesn't change what we have on the inside and how much people need God how much they need the God of the Bible. I was sitting in an airplane one time, and, and a guy was sitting next to me, he was sitting next to the window, and I just happened to get one of those horrible middle seats. <clears throat> you know, with a guy like me sitting in a middle seat, oh, man, it's just, you know, and usually there's like big guys on either side of me, you know, and so they're like, they're like over in, and I'm like this in the middle seat. I just hate middle seats. You know, I have to have an aisle seat, and I can handle a window seat, but I really like an aisle seat, but I'm like this usually, you know, in that middle seat. And I'm sitting next to this guy and, and, uh, years ago, and I, I, I can't remember where I was flying from. It seems like I was on the West Coast flying back. And this guy was from, I don't know, maybe Iraq or Iran or somewhere, and he was flying to Austin to go to University of Texas. And I said, uh, I said, what are you studying? He was, he was telling me that. I said, what are you studying? He said, religion. I said, really? I said, what religion? He said, I'm, I'm here to study Christianity. I said, at University of Texas? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing. No, I'm teasing. No, I didn't say, I didn't say that at all. He said, he said, yeah, I'm going to University of Texas to study Christianity. I said, really? I said, interesting. And I said, well, I'm a Christian. And he goes, you are? He said, so, so he started, I mean, I mean, for the rest of the flight, he asked me questions about Christianity. And we got about halfway in the middle of the conversation. He says, you know, I've studied all that I know of and that, is, that there's record of. He said, I've studied every religion in the world except Christianity and two others. And he said, and I've saved Christianity towards the end because I wanted to see what the difference was in different religions, you know. And, uh, and, and so as he, he was asking me all these different questions, and so I asked him, I said, so, 
So in certain things, because he said he had not studied anything about Christianity, and he was coming to Austin, the capital, to study about Christianity at University of Texas. And he said, uh, I said, so some of the questions or the answers that I'm giving you to the questions that you're asking me, I said, so what would, how would you say that Christianity rates with the rest of the religion? I was just asking him stuff, you know. And, and he was saying, well, he said, um, what you're telling me is, is, is different. It's, it's unique. And I said, like what? And he said, well, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm asking you questions. And this is what he said. He said, and I feel like, he said, he, he, he sits, he's sitting next to the window and he reaches his hand over me and he says, I feel like you're answering me from here. Like, here. And I said, really? I said, I was just answering him, you know? I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, in the other religions, he said, so many of them, he said, when I'm, at, when I'm trying to find out all about it, they just give me these he said, he, 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 I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like something that was written down. You know, this, this what? Textbook. textbook. Yeah, answer. It was more of a textbook answer instead of a hard answer. And so the rest of the time that we talked for the rest of that flight, I was able to just share with him how this had become something personal to me and not just something I went through the motions in, you know? And I'll never forget that time with that guy that he said to me, he said, it seems different because you're answering from here. And he said, most of the other answers I get are textbook, just kind of off the top of people's head or it's something that's been developed. It's, it's the quick answer, you know. And, and he was telling me that he felt like I was thinking about what I was saying. I had to process what the, the questions because he was asking me some difficult, hard questions to the point, you know. And so today, I'm saying to you that no matter what anybody else believes, this will stand the test of time because I, I don't, I, and I, I don't, I'm not an authority about the Muslim religion or any other religion. I'm not an authority on that. I've not studied it. I mean, I've studied a little bit to understand kind of where they're coming from, but I'm not an authority for those religions. But man, I know about Christianity because it's not a religion. I wouldn't be involved in it if it was anything other than a relationship. It's not a religion. And this will stand on its own. I'm telling you right now, this doesn't need your extra help. This will stand. You know where it'll stand? Right inside of you. It'll stand strong, and when it comes out of you in a right way, it'll affect everybody around you. And I'm telling you what, the days ahead for the church are the brightest that they've ever been. I'm telling you, folks, it's the brightest time. We get to stand up and be who God created us to be in the midst of things going on and issues and differences and revolutions, the, the, uh, the appearance of things that look like revolution, things that appear that people are going to fight and go to battle and, and all the different things. It's the time for the church to rise up and be the church, right? And listen, You never 
The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Submission doesn't even start until there's a disagreement. Submission doesn't even start until there's something stirred up. And I'm telling you, you submit to the totality of the Word of God, but do not forget the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Love God and people and make disciples and then walk everything else out. Because on these two commandments, hang everything else. Be not deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. I'm telling you, folks, nobody gets away with nothing. Not you, not me, not nobody. Nobody gets away with anything. And that's what people underestimate with God. Nobody gets away with nothing. And the more angry we get, and the more we fight, and the more we try to make something happen and force something, the worse it gets. Because then you're in pride. Then you're trying to do it yourself. Then you're trying to make things happen. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people in our nation today, on both sides of the fence, that are in pride. And God resists the pride, but he gives great grace to the humble and to people that walk in humility and trust the mighty hand of God in the things that we deal with and the decisions that we make and how we deal with people. Can't hate people, folks. Amen?